come on. It was a good story about was cookies. It? You, it can't be that good. You don't remember it. I was enough to write down to tell. Death? Death over cookies is what I wrote. <laughs> To remind us to talk about that. Death over cookies. Cookies worth dying for, maybe? Did we have good cookies? I don't know. Lara, we're back with another episode. What's up? What's up? Um, so I am Jonathan, Lara's co-host, her bro-host. Um, here with Lara, the one that makes the best Rice Krispie treats the on only. this side of the border. Uh, the other side, they're going wild. The other side of <laughs> Great Gold recipes yeah, over there. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you're ever in Rochester, Rochester. Oh, gross. I know. If you... Really quick on that, though. Mm -hmm. If you ever do just hear a really heavy nasal um, sound coming from a city, it's Rochester. Always. Um, It's almost like The Walking Dead where they make that noise and you know the dead are coming and they're just like growling, but it's just... Mm. Never heard it. Nasaling bees. Okay. Never seen it or heard it. Okay. But I did invent a new concept called Big Rochester. (laughs) What's that? It's like when, you know, the guy, the Rochester guy who's like maybe a little blue collar, really mm-hmm. leaning into that, you know, like, hey, guys. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. going to be there around four or five, like real Rochester. Yeah. Salino guys- and Barnes. Yeah. Um, and then he's dressed like a titch outdated. Um, maybe there is still a hammer loop or two on his pantaloons. (laughs) Right, right. That's big Rochester. When he's wearing a white undershirt, gold chain, and cargo shorts, big Rochester. He just got a fidget spinner. Mm. He thinks they're cool. Yeah. I mean, is he 12? I was thinking grown men, but... right. Well, he's a weird one. He's a a weird Rochester guy. Fidgety big Rochester. Yeah. Um, Anyways... Lara makes, she made some Rice Krispie treats uh, when I was over their house last night, which was a reminder of how great they are. I don't even know how to describe them. I I saw her pouring a lot of salt in the recipe, which I don't want to give it away. You just did. Um, There's salt. There's salt. Is that the only extra thing? No, no, no. no. Yeah, well, we won't give it away. No. Anyways, maybe. velvety smooth. Maybe you'll win some. Probably not. But yeah. You could ship some out. Yeah, maybe. Maybe if you. Do something that I like. I will ship you some. Yeah, leave a ridiculous voicemail. Yeah. On our number and which is five eight five. Well, I'll add it later. <laughs> Let's um, not add it later and just keep everybody on the edge of their seats. Yeah, we'll release one number every two minutes <laughs> one in the episode. Digit. So it's five eight five. Is it three next? I think it is three. Five eight five. I have Three. it written down here. I should know it. I like this. It's a teaser. It is a teaser. It's, it's not it's a good of, teaser, it's though. It's a great teaser. Okay. Don't. Oh. Did yeah. I hurt your feelings? Yeah, it was a good teaser, okay. I thought. I thought, oh. I thought. I felt good about it. Yeah, it's good. So 5853, <laughs> tune in to the next episode yep. to get the next digit. So this is like all my favorite podcasts are kind of like 
these mysteries like up and vanished Ooh. and culpable and these other and we don't have any of that but what we do have is one we'll digit find, at a time we'll find a cliff to hang we'll, yeah we will yeah this so who knows people are on the edge of their seat who knows what number's next um i want you to tell the story about nah homie getting lying oh no <laughs> can you please field day yeah tell the field day story and- Okay, so this was funny. I don't know if you, I don't know. I mean, you were born a few years after me, but you remember field day, right? Yeah. It was cutthroat. Oh, yeah. Foot races. Yep. Three legged races. races, sack races. Yeah, blindfold races. Yes. There were injuries. Mm-hmm. I lost a toenail. <laughs> Did you? Well, it wasn't related to field day, but as a runner, I will occasionally lose a toenail. I don't really want to. Wait a minute. You'll occasionally lose a toenail. <laughs> Just you're running, you take your shoe off. Oh, I started with five on that foot. Yeah. Down to four. Yeah. Okay. Can right, I so ki- don't so adjust that. Dis- keep- <laughs> distance runners will know. I'm like, where my distance runners at? Am I right? About shedding of. <laughs> I don't really want to tell that secret, but it's out now. It's. That's totally done. I know. Done. My feminine wiles are totally like good. gonzo. Okay. So basically back in my day for field day, you knew you were a loser by age nine, <laughs> right? Sure. Because field day, you were getting the blue ribbon in if you were Allegra Loftus, who was such oh. a fast runner. So good name. shout out to Allegra Loftus. Yep. She was super fast. <laughs> if you're Allegra, give us a call. We'll send you some Rice Krispie treats. Oh, goodness. So she was really fast. She was a winner. The rest of us losers. We mm. knew that at a very young age. Now, today's youth, they don't find out they're lo- that they're losers until much later in life, which is probably good for self-esteem, etc. But I'll tell you what. They've shifted from field day to... Sports day. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with becoming more politically correct, more sensitive, more aware, culturally aware. I'm aware. I'm all for diversity and being inclusive. So like changing it from Christmas break to winter break. I understand that. Not everybody celebrates Christmas. Absolutely. I do. And I, it doesn't bother me that we're calling it winter break, Mm -hmm. but who was offended (laughs) by fields? Why is it moved from field day to sports day when they are doing no sporting activities? Yeah, because field, I mean, it's it's a weird jump. Yeah, like, and uh, to me, if we're going to go from field day to sports day, we better be playing some competitive, full-contact sports. Right. If people are tossing beanbags onto lily pads, don't call it sports day. Keep it field. What would you call that sport? Mamby Pamby. Yep. <laughs> because that's not a sport. Right. It's a game, which is fine. Call it game day or mm-hmm. keep it field day like the rest of America. Sure. I know I sound crotchety and old and I'm fine with it. Well, I think the story following is why you're a little crotchety. Well, no, I started crotchety because this happened to be on my 38th birthday. So I was oh. about to turn 100 years old. Right. And I woke up and I had to follow, I was had scheduled myself voluntarily to um help with sports day Mm -hmm. at my kids school so my two littlest kids are in a k through three school 
I have been at this parenting thing for nearly 16 years, and my parenting strategy has certainly devolved. I put a lot of good hours into those first couple, and then since then, it's kind of just unraveled. Right. Fine with it, because I she the oldest two are such good examples that I'm banking on the rest just kind of following suit. It's really just prayer, mostly, that I'm writing on. But I did a lot of volunteering in school, in their schools. Right. All the activities, room moms, act, you know, just parties, bringing all the Valentine's yep. snacks. Yeah, all of it. You won last year's marshmallow or Chris Rice Krispie treat and contest. And this year, you won. Yeah, twice today. Yeah, two, yeah she oh, got. She won. This just in. Uh, Lara was cook, well, cook baking those. Well, uh, stove topping those. Stove topping those and freezing them. Um, <laughs> for good cold. Marley at dinner yesterday said, oh, Mom, I need Rice Krispie treats because the competition is tomorrow. And so this just in. Lara won. Good job, Lara. Lara. Two years in a row. Two Ooh. years standing. They should give you a, a Rice Krispie badge. They should stop your pinching shirt. your pectoral. I was just showing you where you'd badge <laughs> it. I know where a badge goes. All right. Keep the story. <laughs> So, okay, so I've been at this a while, and I'm over it, frankly. I love my children very much, Mm -hmm. but I'm over the shenanigans, and I'm over other people's children. I don't know what happened, but I turned 38 and immediately hated children. (laughs) So I went to school, and it's a beautiful day. I've got – I'm in – Day two of a what turned out to be a three day kind of migraine, so it was kind of cranky, you know. I just didn't feel good, and I get there. I'm assigned to the gym, and I'm overseeing a game where there are these like four cones, like big construction cones, and the kids stand behind the cone, and in the center of all these cones are these rubber circles Mm -hmm. that um, it was supposed to be fish. And you're supposed to catch the fish, whatever. Think of it more like the bing bag is a frog and you're trying to toss the frog onto a lily pad. That's how I explained it to the kids. So I started off okay. I mean, not awesome because I was just like, I hate my life and I hate you guys. Right, right. (laughs) And I hate my brain right now, which is just on On your birthday, yeah. Yeah, it just didn't feel good. So I am giving instructions and the children are cheating. Which, I don't know if that, that would always bother me, probably, but it really bothered me that in day. my new old age. Uh-huh. I was like, huh? <laughs> Get Befuddled. your fanny behind those cones. Yeah. It oh, just, they were running past the cone. They were m- running past the cone, and they would pick up the... She was to collect the lily pad and put it in a pile, and yeah. like at the end, we all added up, you know, a competition. Right. Well, they can't handle that. Participation ribbon generation cannot handle the competition. Yeah, they have to cheat to lose. Yeah. Entitlement city. Yeah. So basically, kids are just grabbing lily pads willy-nilly. I mean, maybe the thing grazed it. It had to land on it. Some part had to be touching. Sure. Nope. They're just grabbing it. And you I'd don't be just like, grab a lily no, pad. Yeah. Not on my watch, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be like, you. In the purple romper. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't count. That doesn't count. Stunned. Yeah, and they look at you like you're a criminal. And Uh I'm like, no, you're the criminal. You just... You're grabbing pads. I don't care that you're seven. Put it back. (laughs) So I was maybe a little aggressive. That's okay. But so it got to the point where I was in a kid's face. (laughs) 
Wow. And I was nose like, to nose. Yeah, I was like, nah, homie. Get back in line. And I literally got close to his face and I was like, I don't want to remind you again. You better throw it from behind the cone, homie. Nah, homie. <laughs> yeah, get, get back in line. Get back in line. So that it got worse, though, because as the morning went on, there all the rules are being broken, and I couldn't take it anymore. And my rage mm. was an absolute thirty-eight-year-old maximum migraine max. Yeah. So I, at one point, am giving instructions to the game, and I say, <laughs> I say, okay, here are the rules. I give all the rules, and I say, now listen, I don't have the authority to give you consequences if you break these rules. <laughs> But I should tell you that if you break the rules and you cheat, it'll make my heart sad forever. Wow. And I locked eyes on all of the children. And afterwards, I was talking to one of the teachers, and I'm like, I kind of firmed up on the rules. And she's like, <laughs> I see that. I saw that. A and dark cloud yeah. hovered over. <laughs> yes. How old are these kids? The, this particular set seven? was first graders. Okay, yeah. They're deep into life. They're deep into yeah. the six. Wow. The six. Well, if it was an early six, I, you know, I would be... You know what? My heart was sad, and I was certain at the, that moment it would be sad forever. Wow! Because you know what? This is these are our, this is our future. Yeah. And I have no faith in it. Yeah. So you can't I, just grab pads like, willy nilly. <laughs> no. Not 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 on her watch. Not in this generation. Nope. Wow. So That's... shut that down. So these good kids choice. are prepared for corporate America now. Yeah. That's good. Uh, thank you for sharing that. That yeah. was, I mean, you will never be hired as a teacher as long as this no. is out there, nope. which is I've, fine. I felt obligated. I went around to all my kids' teachers and I was like, hey, can I just thank you for a minute? Because anything less than a European vacation as a teacher gift <laughs> right. at the end of the year is unacceptable. Right. Yeah. Disney cruises only. The champions. Yeah. It's yeah. Ju- I don't, they genuinely love children. Yeah. I love it. I but I was just like I like my kids, but it's great. Barely. Um, Jk, they're they're great. If you're no, listening. you do you yeah, you love them more than barely. <laughs> I do. I could say that. Um, stop clinking glasses. Sorry, I'm it's drinking okay. so many beverages over here. Yeah. Um. So you weren't only uh, making rice krispie treats last night. You were talking about attachment theory, which was very interesting, and I said we're gonna, you're gonna talk about that on the podcast. Could you dive into that a little bit? Because so, here's why: you're also in the following episodes. You, I know you want to talk about attachment disorder and adoption, and everything revolved around that. How you deal with that? What that even is? Mm-hmm. What that looks like in your home? Um, all those things. And so, I feel like this is a good intro kind of to a lot of those things yeah sure definitely yes so i mean okay so i was reading this book and um i've done a ton of research on attachment and like reactive attachment disorder specifically and and this particular book was just kind of fascinating in that it broke down something that i think really applies to people that are just outside of the adoptive world that have nothing to do with attachment disorder. But Mm -hmm. this is really something I think that impacts all of us because unless we had two sublime parents that were completely sort of met all of our needs perfectly at all times, we all have problems, Yeah, (laughs) which explains why we don't know anybody that's all awesome all the time. Right, So we all have problems. I mean, you guys do. I know children do Mm -hmm. as we covered 
No, we all do. So in in so what's interesting about this is kind of this is the first time I explored some of this the early child like the impact of early childhood and how we all are impacted by our parents. I mean, I've explored that in many different facets, but this one in particular is interesting as far as it as far as attachment is concerned. So like the kind of the idea is if you have the 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 ideal, right, is to have to be born to a perfect mother mm-hmm. who meets all of your needs immediately and perfectly. I mean, nobody had that, so it doesn't usually go well. But even if you have that and it's perfect, the ideal scenario is that you then have like a second parent, a father coming in. And of course that can be adjusted per like if you have a partner or whatever, but the goal is to have a second parent coming in at the perfect time Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, you two, like break it up. Yeah, like coming in like the Kool-Aid man through the wall, like (laughs) let's burst into reality. Yeah, like we need some autonomy and some independence. Yeah, total Kool-Aid man. Yeah. And kind of like helping the mother and the child um, separate into two separate individuals. So basically the idea is that there's the infant, if their needs are being met perfectly, they have like, they believe that they are one unit with the mother which is why infants freak out Mm. when the mother is away from them because they're like i don't exist apart from her she's perfect she meets all my needs and this is i feel safe if i am one entity with this person Mm -hmm. which is fine and it's appropriate and that actually is ideal for an infant but as a child develops and gets older they really need to develop the understanding of autonomy that they are a separate person from their mother and so like traditionally and historically what would happen is a father comes in and is like, okay, you two need to kind of separate a little bit. The child is capable of doing some things for them, for him or herself and starts to kind of develop this independence. And it's very positive. And if the father is perfect or the second parent role is perfect, then the child becomes autonomous and is secure and confident in their decision-making and in their personality. And they, Right, because they're finally starting to do that on their own, not relying on their mom right, right. all the time. Yes. Yeah. So now if you have – so in one situation, you have uh, – if you have an imperfect mother who doesn't anticipate those needs or doesn't meet them with immediacy, you have a child who's very insecure mm-hmm. – and needs that attachment for much longer than is appropriate. Hmm. I mean, okay, I'm not a scientist. This is just all my understanding of it. But yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm it right. It sounds pretty good. <laughs> it feels pretty scientific, <laughs> as I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I just like this is the master of none. You are or master of dumb, master of fun, master of fun, master of fun. Yeah, so like not master of science. So I'm just kind of filling in the gaps so it makes sense. But so if if it's all if the if the the mother is imperfect and is not doing this, and the child is very clingy for much mm-hmm. longer than necessary because they don't feel fully secure, and so if that mother is like pushing autonomy earlier than necessary or earlier than is helpful or developmentally appropriate what will happen is the child is then looking to be whole with someone else so they become really clingy or obsessed mm. or maybe it just addicted goes to the next to another. person it does. a girlfriend a boyfriend yes. uh, you name it yeah yeah and so and then on the other hand if a mother does let's say she is the perfect doting nurturing mother and meets all those needs 
Well, that type of personality is going to have a very hard time letting go. So if you don't have, if you have like an, a hyper nurturing second parent mm-hmm. that is like, oh, we love this. Yeah. You can live with us forever. Or you have a parent who is maybe not present or not a strong personality or whatever, isn't breaking up that and creating autonomy. You have a child who's developing with a very nurturing mother, which seems super positive, but ultimately the child will never feel like confident in decision making and will still feel like they have to be part of a unit in order to be whole and confident bird never leaving the nest like literally can't fly on its own right and so sometimes but but birds usually do leave the nest but what they do is they kind of cling to a different nest yeah and so this is how people like become addicted to Mm. specific individuals or feel like i can't make a decision without this person helping me or i if they leave me i won't exist anymore or like this sense some of these um really like dramatic in love feelings like oh if i leave this person I will feel pain forever. Or if this person leaves me, I will be in pain forever. I won't, I won't survive. Mm-hmm. That's a very infant hunger attachment feeling, which is what infants feel. They feel like if my mother leaves me, I won't survive, mm. which is actually true of infants in some cases. And so that that disruption of the attachment is what leads to disordered attachment, but this an over-attachment for too long leads to like this uh, sort of a debilitating of autonomy, which is super interesting to me. That is interesting. What about uh, a single parent, someone that is has a child, decides to raise a child on their own and doesn't have that second parent to come in, sure. be the Kool-Aid man and break up the, you know, all of that. The what, love fest? Yeah. What what happens there? Yeah, I mean, I would, well, I, I think that oftentimes what happens, and you see this with single parents, is people become either autonomous way too early because they're like, my mom can't do everything on her own, so mm-hmm. I have to kind of grow up a little younger right. than what maybe I want to or what maybe I should even. And so kids become autonomous a little too early. Or on the other hand, the the mother continues to be super hyper-nurturing mm. And is very engaged and devoted, but doesn't have that kind of Kool-Aid man breaking things up. And so it's harder to create an autonomous adult, a confident decision-making adult that's like comfortable with who they are. Because if you don't ever start to view yourself as a separate person that is uniquely different than your parent you will always feel like you need to rely on a person to complete you. Interesting. Yeah, so I think a single parent like would need to be um, just aware of that and kind of either ask people, other people, like pivotal father and mother figures to step in mm. and help create the other, kind of balance that perspective. Or um being really careful to know when is appropriate to start to create autonomy at what age is that appropriate Hmm. and how to kind of start to cut the cord like that phrase is i mean that's that phrase literal literal in the beginning and then figuratively that's what like that's that's the attachment theory like in a phrase that's cutting the cord yeah wow so fascinating right yeah it is fascinating and that's why i'm excited to I mean, a lot of what you're going to talk in the coming weeks that you're going to talk about with attachment disorder and the, everything that comes with that and 
while it can be so sad, mm-hmm. and um, I think a lot of people don't know what to do with that, whether you are in a family with someone who has attachment disorder or a child with attachment disorder, whatever the case may be. Yeah, and honestly, the, it, what I hope is that this that everybody can kind of relate to this and right. draw from it because in my opinion, and this is truly just my unexpert opinion, I think we all have some level of this like disorder or mm. insecure attachment. Right, absolutely. Like, nobody has perfect parents. And so we all, we can see how this attachment theory manifests in our personal lives all mm. the time. Wow. So I think it hopefully can relate to everybody, it's like, even if you're I a parenting an adopted child. Yeah. yeah, hearing you talk about it before, I think it's something everyone needs to hear, not only just to be aware, but also uh, how it will actually apply to to your life i I don't think you you realize it yet so i'm excited for these coming episodes so tune in next week don't forget to follow us on instagram and twitter and hey uh we said it was going to be a cliffhanger but it we didn't release the phone number throughout the whole episode so here it is five eight five nope it's not even three two one zero three zero three six give us a call Follow us. Uh, Thank you for listening and subscribing, and we'll see you next time. Uh, Bye-bye.